James Lauren with the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. Well, with one million copies sold, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World is the book we're going to feature tonight with uh, the author Joanna Weaver. It's finding intimacy with God in the busyness of life. We've all heard the story of Martha and Mary, but now we're going to go a little deeper and find out what all this means. So welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me with you, Michael. You know, I'm not sure what happens. We all sit at the feet of Jesus when we come to him. And then the pace of this world, and it is such a busy pace, begins to pick up and suck the life out of people. And that's what happens when we try to be a Martha, always busy. And she didn't sit at the feet of Jesus like Mary, so Martha tends to get a bad rap a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about Martha and your book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World? It was a woman who was moving in her giftings, and I don't think... You know, I don't think there was anything wrong with that, except she got distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And and that Greek word for preparation can be translated ministry. And as a pastor's wife, I can so relate. I, I can get so busy serving Jesus and, and doing the acts of ministry that I really never get around to knowing him. And so this this book just explores the rebuke that, that um, Martha received when Jesus said, listen, you don't need more help in the kitchen. Uh, you need me. And, and the same better part that Mary's enjoying, Martha, I want you to experience that as well. And, and it's the gift of intimacy that he offers each one of us. And so I just kind of unpack it. I also talk about the holy makeover that I believe Martha had as she received that rebuke and changed because we see a different woman in John 11 as she leaves a house full of mourners and it's it's Martha who runs down the road to meet Jesus. So it, it was just a wonderful experience to unpack the story and see so many facets of my own life, and, and I think the life of most believers, that we want to worship like Mary, but the Martha inside keeps bossing us around. You have gone on record to call yourself a schizophrenic Christian, and I know you say that playfully because you have a Martha and a Mary in you, and so we want to find out more about that because the transformation happened to you as well. There was a breaking point that took place, really kind of a breakdown, because you can't go at that pace being a Martha and striving and trying all the time. Sooner or later, something has to give. So there was a poignant moment when you spoke to your husband. Can you open up a little bit about that? And it's really the inspiration behind your book, and it helped you become less of a Martha and more like a Mary. I've got them both at work in me. Um but, you know, I lived the most of my young adult Christian life as a Martha, working really hard and really with a pure heart. But um, but I was working at as kind of, as strange as it seems, kind of this false idea that I had to somehow earn God's favor. Um, it was as though God had w- welcomed me with a warm hug, and, but he kind of just sort of tossed me in the ocean and said, sink or swim, that the rest was up to me. And so I paddled hard and I worked hard. I, we um, entered full-time ministry when I was 19 years of age, and I was I wanted so badly to serve Jesus. I loved him with a pure heart, and yet there was a dichotomy inside to where while I knew he loved me in my head, I didn't completely understand how much he loved me in my heart. And so I worked hard. I worked hard. I did the Martha for many, many years. Uh, I remember, though, that it was never enough. You know, I would go to bed at night thinking of all the things that I should have done and didn't do. 
the things that I'd done but not very well and the people who had fallen through the cracks and the and the ministry responsibilities that I'd I'd somehow messed up or forgotten and finally one night I, I just dissolved in tears. I, I was so overwhelmed and I was so I was so empty and to be honest, a little bit angry. No matter how hard I tried, nothing was ever nothing. I think I was just taught, and my sweet husband, you know, being a very brave man, asked me, honey, what's wrong? And I I honestly really didn't know. All I knew was I, I was empty. And finally, these words came out of my mouth, and I said, John, can you tell me the good news? Because I honestly can't remember when he allowed my striving to never really fill the empty in my emptiness of my soul, it began to open the doorway for a revelation of God's grace that what Jesus did on the cross was enough for me and that I was welcomed into a relationship deeper than I'd ever known, not on the basis of my worthiness, but on the basis of the fact that I had received what Jesus did as enough for me. And, you know, I have not arrived. I'm still not perfect. But that Fear and that torment has been broken off my life. And that's really my prayer. You know, I mean, if if there would be any way that God could use my words to do that for someone else, that's what I would ask him to do, to make that good news, that incredibly fabulous good news come alive to each one of our hearts. Joanna, I know you're teaching us about grace and to depend on God's grace. That's really what this is all about in your book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World and Having More Intimacy with God. They say that pride happens, disappointment and depression when you don't rely on God's grace. And it means you're relying on your own strength. So tell us a little bit more about that. Philippians 2 talks about how we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And I lived in that verse for the first half of my adult life trying to work out my faith, my salvation with fear and trembling, completely missed the very next verse that says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act. So God's given me the will, the want to, and he's given me the power to do so I can work out my salvation. But when we try to do it on our own, uh, you know, it's sort of like an apple branch laying on an orchard floor, trying to be good, trying to do good but not realizing that it's it's the life of the tree, the vine flowing through the branch that produces the fruit, not the branch on its own. He wants me to bear fruit, but that's not my responsibility. That's an, a byproduct of being connected to the vine. So my job is to stay connected to him through obedience. When I don't obey, I need to be quick to repent through communion, uh, through just spending time with him, reading the love letter, pouring out my heart to him, having this dialogue with God rather than the two monologues where he talked to me and then I talked to him, but they were completely unrelated. It really is relationship. Well, this story really had an effect on you, and you have made it really real and pertinent to so many people, so many women. Again, Joanna Weaver, she sold a million copies or more of Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, Finding Intimacy with God in the Busyness of Life. What do you think you'd tell Mar- uh, Mary and Martha if you saw them in person uh, in heaven? Mary and Martha and I are going to have this wonderful, super, super long chat because they really, truly, I mean, this is so much more than a book for me. This is 
they have been such sweet companions for these last 14 years. And so I can't wait just to hear the real story. We appreciate you being on the program. We learned a lot, and you're such a blessing. Thanks a lot, and shalom. Ah, shalom to you as well. God bless you, Michael.